Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Caffeinate for July the 3rd, one day before July the 4th, Independence Day here in the United States. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I'm a little bit off-centered, am I not? Hello, hello. Uh, Today... We have yet another round of gaming news to go over this morning. Now, if you don't know what this show is, well, let me lay it down for you right here. This is the podcast slash video that I do live every single morning right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. And then it is uploaded to Anchor.fm slash Samuel Adams, which then pushes it out to places like iTunes, to Google Play, to uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, coming soon to Spotify, reportedly. But if you really want to get in on the conversations, we have a live chat right here that you can tune into live. Every single day that I mention it's live uh, at youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. But uh, whether you're on a school break, whether you're on a, uh, a a part of your day where you're just waking up, whatever you might be doing, this is a fantastic time to catch up on some of the hottest gaming news of the day. Now, the stories that we are covering in today's episode do include NVIDIA's new GTX 1180 could be unveiled next month. Uh, we have Infinity Ward talking about the next generation of consoles via a Call of Duty, uh, what do you call it, job listing, if you will. Sony has raised the month of its PlayStation, or the cost of its monthly PlayStation view subscriptions. Uh, We have a phone taking on Razer's phone and new new Nintendo stuff. A whole bunch of other stories that are definitely worth diving into. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the hottest gaming news of the day. First off, NVIDIA's GeForce GTX 1180 could be unveiled next month. All signs are pointing to August. NVIDIA launched its current generation of GeForce gaming GPUs more than two years ago, and we might just see the next generation rumored to be named the GeForce GTX 11 series in August. While NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang said the next GeForce GPUs wouldn't be uh, except for a long time. Now, recently, all signs now point towards next month for the launch of the GeForce GTX 1180. NVIDIA was supposed to be presenting at the annual Hot Chips conference in August with a title entitled NVIDIA's Next Generation Mainstream GPU. Hot Chips curiously scrubbed any mention of this recently. NVIDIA is now reportedly sending invites for Gamescom on August the 21st, just as Hot Chips ends for a mysterious PC-related event. The invites follow a Lenovo product manager freely talking about NVIDIA's GeForce GTX 11 series during an E3 video. Referring to a Lenovo gaming PC, the Lenovo rep says, but time to market with an NVIDIA 11 series up to an 1180 down the road, suggesting that NVIDIA's GeForce GTX 1180 is on the way soon. NVIDIA also commemorated Alan Turing's birthday on Twitter. Excuse me, Alan Turing's. Uh, there was an extra N in there that I wanted to define. Uh, but on Twitter, leading many to believe the company is teasing its next generation GPUs that are based on NVIDIA's Turing platform. Images of an alleged NVIDIA engineering sample for the GTX 1180 leaked last week. The card has a dozen of Micron's GDDR6 memory modules installed, and no existing GPUs support this new memory yet. Micron just started mass production of GDDR6, ready to succeed the existing GDDR5 memory that was uh, first introduced more than 10 years ago. Uh, it will improve the bandwidth capabilities of the next generation of GPUs across PCs and consoles. Alright, this is where it gets beefy right here. This is where it gets good. This is where you really want to start paying attention. NVIDIA's GeForce GTX 1180 is expected to be capable of playing games at a 4K resolution with a 144Hz refresh rate. Let me back up and restate that one more time. Let's go one more again. 4K resolution with a 144Hz refresh rate. That is impressive. That is good. That is genuinely the... mm. 
that's whenever you upgrade. Acer and Asus are both starting to release 4K gaming monitors that include 144Hz refresh rates, HDR, and NVIDIA's G-Sync support. These 27-inch monitors are $2,000, and they'll need a card like the GTX 1180 to power them. Tom's Hardware also reports that the new GTX 1180 will be capable of outputting up to 120Hz to VR headsets over a single proprietary cable. That's also impressive, which means that the, the new cards that NVIDIA is coming out with now could actually push the industry forward as far as VR goes. This could be the turning point, if you will. Uh, NVIDIA's latest and greatest GPU is also rumored to include 3,584 CUDA cores, and, or CUDA cores, whatever it might be, a clock speed between 1.6 and 1.8 gigahertz, and up to 16 gigs of DDR6. Uh, Bitcoin mania and the rush mine, uh, you know, it, all of the Bitcoin stuff has pushed the price of GPUs up over the past couple of months, but it seems that has kind of leveled out. So now the question is, it could mean and will it be easier to buy a GTX 1180 than as compared to the uh, 1080 uh, over the past couple of months? So that's pretty much what we know so far about NVIDIA's next big event and also their next big card, because it very well could be uh, what we see come August. Uh, I don't think there would be this many rumors and this many leaks coming out if this wasn't actually going to happen, but as you can see, this card is supposedly uh, the leaked engineering model, and it looks to be a pretty impressive card. I mean, I must admit uh, that as far as it goes, this is one that uh, seems to look about like what I would expect the inside of a graphics card to look like. Now, if you can't tell from the way that I'm reading this article, I'm not exactly your tech guru. Uh, if, when it comes down to it, I'm just simply not. Uh, I like playing games, and I understand enough to build a computer, but when it comes to all these like 1.6 giga, gigawatts, uh, 88 miles per hour stuff, uh, you can keep that, you know, I just want to be able to play the best games in the best looking way. Now, the question is, are people going to upgrade, and is this the time to upgrade? Again, I'm a novice when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'm not your tech guru, I'm, I'm just simply not. However, what I do know here is that if you have 4K resolution with a 144Hz refresh rate, that is pretty much what my GTX 970 can do now with 1080p. That's pretty much what we've got going on right here. So, I know that that's enough for me, and considering that there's an upgraded resolution kind of generation rolling down the pipe with 4K coming and becoming a mainstream part of gaming culture, uh, then I would say that if you're going to upgrade, this is a pretty good time to do so. Uh, that's just my opinion, that's what I believe, but on top of that, you are going to have to have the monitor that supports that. So whenever you're upgrading to a new card, you also have to take into consideration the fact that there is going to be a new monitor that has to be purchased. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. Now in the chat, Rasm says, the big question for me would be if there's going to be a gaming laptop with upgraded stuff obviously yes um that's just going to happen, but right here in the article where the uh, Lenovo guy was discussing things, uh, he says right here, the invites follow a Lenovo product manager freely talking about NVIDIA's GeForce GTX 11 series during an E3 video, referring to a Lenovo gaming PC. So if there's a gaming PC that Lenovo is working on, I would say that there might be some kind of laptop down the pipe, uh, but obviously this is going to take time and it's going to evolve. If you look at what's happened with the 1080 series or the uh, the 10 series, whatever you want to call it, uh, you can see where there are cards that are bigger, there are cards that are smaller, and as the generation has kind of evolved, smaller cards have been made that can fit into uh, different kinds of laptops and stuff. Obviously, laptops are a little bit back behind just because you can't fit such a girthy piece of equipment inside of a laptop as compared to a gaming PC or a desktop or a tower. Uh, so that'll take some time, but I will say they are coming without a doubt. Uh, but overall, really good stuff here. I'm excited to see what the future of this looks like. I'd hope that Bitcoin and like the mining of, of cryptocurrency doesn't overtake uh, this generation. And I feel like 
NVIDIA knows that. I feel like NVIDIA is prepared for that uh, because they know what happened with the 10 series. They know the demand that was driven by uh, cryptocurrency. And so now that that's kind of been tippered back a little bit, I'm sure that they're, they're still ramping up a ton of preparation, a ton of units uh, so that they make sure that they can give one to everyone who wants one. And so I might be upgrading. I told myself whenever I built my PC in high school or at the end of high school that whenever the next uh, PC was going to be built, I would be graduating college. That's like in my mind. That was going to be like my graduation present to myself if you will. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking. So we'll see what happens. I might build one live on stream or something, uh, but I'm definitely excited to see what the next generation of these cards can do because you have these amazing games coming out like your Battlefield 5. Uh, you have these amazing games coming out like reportedly Red Dead Redemption 2 if rumors are to be believed. Uh, you have a lot of amazing games that are coming out right now that can definitely take advantage of a huge card like this. And also with VR coming out, that's another big, a big factor you have to take into consideration. Uh, because right now, uh, the VR market doesn't quite have enough power when it comes to stuff like the PlayStation 4 or even the PlayStation 4 Pro uh, to really be the experience that makes it the go-to experience for when you want to play games. Uh, I feel like if there is an 1180 that can do 120 hertz with one proprietary cable going into a VR headset, that's a big step in the right direction. And so I'm very excited about that. But uh, in the chat, Razum says, happy late graduation present. I appreciate it, my friend. But uh, we are going to be keeping up with this. I'm sure that we'll hear more in all. August, and I'm sure that I'll be talking about it right here on youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media in an episode of Caffeinate. But I digress. That's all we know right now. Moving on to the next story of the day, Infinity Ward's Call of Duty 2019 is set for multiple next-gen platforms, job listings suggest. Infinity Ward's upcoming Call of Duty 2019 installment is allegedly in development for multiple next-gen platforms. At least, that's what a recent job listing at the studio implies. While the listing itself doesn't explicitly mention a release date in 2019, the COD series entered a three-year development cycle back in 2014, with Infinity Ward's Sledgehammer and Treyarch taking turns in each year's Call of Duty title. Quote, this will give our designers more time to envision and innovate for each title. Simultaneously, it will give our content creators more focus on DLC and micro DLC, which, as you know, have become a large and high margin opportunities for uh, and significant engagement drivers, said Activision Publishing CEO Eric Hirschberg back in 2014. Finally, it will give our teams more time to polish, helping ensure we deliver the best possible experience to our fans each and every time. With Treyarch being responsible for the upcoming Call of Duty Black Ops 4 and Sledgehammer having released last year's Call of Duty World War II, 2019 will be Infinity Ward's year to release a new Call of Duty. Alongside the reference to multiple next-gen platforms, the listing for a narrative scripter also suggests that Call of Duty 2019 will include a campaign mode. That's interesting. Come work with the gaming industry's brightest on a new, exciting, unannounced title for multiple next-gen platforms, the listing reads. Uh, so there's the whole listing right there. You're going to need a cinematic ear for dialogue pacing, a strong desire to bring life to game characters through naturalistic and cinematic implementation of vocal performance, a strong interest in passion for first-person shooter games, the ability to dissect and discuss level design in recent games, a broad understanding of both multiplayer and single-player game design. That's the big one. Multiplayer and single-player game design. That's what I wanted to get to. That's very exciting. Uh, familiarity with game editor tools such as Radiant, Unreal, Unity, or Crytek Editors A+, uh, knowledge of scripting languages such as Python, Lua, or a similar scripting language, self-motivated with excellent problem-solving skills, good oral and written communication skills, that's the one that I've got, and prior internship or game development experience is A+. Uh, so overall, this does not mean that the uh, PS5 and the next-gen Xbox will release next year, but the listing is interesting nonetheless. As covered earlier, several analysts have claimed Sony's new console could release next year, although 
a release in 2020 might be more likely. Microsoft has confirmed that a new Xbox is in development, but a release frame has not yet been provided. So here's what's going to happen with this. We aren't going to be seeing a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox One X2, whatever it might be, in 2018 or 2019 or I would say probably 2020 is the time frame that I would guess. Uh, however, what I think is happening here is that Infinity Ward is trying to hire for the next game, if I did have to guess. If you're hiring right now in the development process, you are at least over halfway done with the development of Call of Duty 2019, whatever that game might be. Uh, I don't know that you need to hire somebody on. I feel like the entire team, if they've gotten this far, then they're fine. So this would lead me to believe that this is probably going to be uh, one of the games that comes out for the next generation, maybe in 20 let's see three years 2019 22 maybe 2022 you could be seeing the next call of duty from infinity ward uh, that just kind of makes sense to me and that would make sense for that but the narrative scripter here uh, is a temporary position so who knows man i mean it might be it might be the next 2019 call of duty uh, but if i had to guess we're probably going to be seeing something along the lines of modern warfare 4 i don't know that that will be the actual title i doubt it uh, but i would love to see the uh, i would love to see a classic boots on the ground modern shooter i don't want futuristic i don't want classic i want to be back in the modern setting with modern warfare that's just me though uh, so we'll see what happens with this over the next few months, but um, definitely interesting whenever a job description leaks what could be a big piece of gaming news. You know, I love that kind of stuff. That's why I do this every morning. I love this kind of stuff. Uh, so... You know, we'll, we'll keep up to date, but the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox One probably aren't going to be having, or Xbox 2, if you will, uh, probably will not be having a 2019 release date. Uh, in the chat, are they in trouble, or do they just want to uh, try to make a game made by the fans? Uh, that's a good question, man. I have no idea. We'll see what happens. Right now, Call of Duty is in a weird place, because World War II was well-received-ish, uh, but it still wasn't quite, you know the punch that people needed to get back into the franchise overall. I would love to see a graph of how many people are still playing World War II. That's just me, though. So we will uh, we'll keep up to date with that. But Sony has raised the monthly cost to PlayStation View by $5 for all of their plans. The price increase goes into effect on July the 24th, 2018. Sony is raising the cost of its over-the-top pay TV service, PlayStation View, by $5 a month for all four tiers of customers. The company announced today in a blog post, Sony does not give a concrete explanation for the price increase other than to attribute it to rising business cost. PlayStation View's cheapest plan, called Access, will now cost $45 a month instead of $39.99 a month, while it is uh, its most expensive ultra package will now cost $84.99. Sony removed its cheapest slim package last July. It is very likely that Sony, like other pay TV providers, is facing increased financial pressure from rights holders, which may be raising the licensing cost to live content and other lucrative platforms uh, of entertainment that keep customers subscribing to services like View. Uh, earlier today, AT&T announced a $5 price increase to its Direct TV Now service following a similar price hike uh, from Sling and YouTube TV over the past few months. At PlayStation, we are always ensuring, uh, we are always evaluating the PlayStation View experience to ensure we are providing a compelling value for our customers. Unfortunately, we must increase the price of our multi-channel plans to keep pace with rising business costs and enable us to continue offering a better way to watch the best in live sports, entertainment, and news, reads the post pinned by View Chief Dwayne Benefield. The price increase will go into effect on July the 24th for new customers. Current subscribers won't see the change until the first billing cycle after July 31st. All four bundles access 
Core, Elite, and Ultra are subject to the same $5 increase. Sony says its add-ons and standalone channels will not be affected in any way. Released in 2015, View is Sony's answer to Sling and other skinny bundle packages that offer a more limited alternative to fully-fledged cable at a reduced price. As of last year, the service counted more than 400,000 subscribers, and it's available on pretty much every major set-top box platform, as well as on PlayStation consoles, mobile, and Mac and PC. Pricing is an influential differentiating factor between competing services, and even small price increases may have a big impact on subscriber numbers and a new customer's willingness to choose an alternative service. Uh, right now, the $5 increase for me, this is just my opinion, is one of those things where if you look at it on the surface, that is going to be kind of a make it or break it for a lot of people because there is something about the difference between $39.99 and, and $49 or $44.99. I don't know what that is, but it makes it sound way more expensive. It's only 5 bucks. I get that. But man, does that look bad in the public eye. Obviously, what's going on here is that they can make, number one, more money, but number two, the cost of it all is going up, I would guess, because... You know, TV is kind of fading out, uh, and it's becoming more so one of the uh, the scenarios where Netflix and Hulu Plus and Sling even, and even PlayStation View are beginning to take over. So they're going to be raising the prices because now they're your go-to. They want you to be able to get into that ecosystem for an affordable way, get you trapped in there, and get you to where you're enjoying the content on a daily basis, and you have it ingrained it into your daily life. And then they're going to hit you with that, you know, little bit five bucks here, five bucks here thing. Uh, that's just the way the businesses work, and that's an unfortunate fact in our society. However, of what I understand, PlayStation View is a pretty good deal. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with what they have to offer. They have a lot of good channels, a lot of good news, a lot of you know sports and everything. So in a world where cable cutting is becoming more and more common, I would say the PlayStation View is probably a pretty good option uh, if you did want to get that. But um, the cool thing here is that it's available on set-top boxes. It is going to be on you know all of your devices if you did want it to be there. Uh, so overall, if you did want to give it a shot, I would say to go ahead and dive in and see if you did like to do that. But... um. You know, overall, to be able to compete directly with DirecTV, Sling, and YouTube TV, PlayStation's doing something right. These are some big names. Uh, so good on them for uh, for making View a service that over 400,000 people like as of last year. Uh, but right now, it seems like the price is going up. So we'll have to follow these numbers and see if the subscribers stay. If things change, we'll have to uh, keep up to date with that. But overall, pretty good deal still, I would say. I mean, if you compare it to cable, 45 bucks is comparable in a lot of ways. I don't know what the package looks like itself, but uh, it seems okay. I don't know. But moving on to the next story of the day, Huawei. Who, Huawei? You, you guys know what that says. Hold on, I'm going to zoom in on it. I always say Hawaii. Uh, I don't know. Stares down Razer, Asus with new gaming phone in 2018. Asus and Razer, two consumer electronics companies recently dipping their toes into the gaming smartphone market, should soon be at the receiving end of some stiff competition. Huawei, the world's third largest phone manufacturer, by the way, I'm probably massacring that, is prepping its own device dedicated to mobile gaming with a targeted launch of 2018. The news comes via Gadget Match, sharing that Huawei's customers business president, Jim Zhu, revealed plans for a gaming-focused phone in the back half of 2018. Mr. Zhu also announced that Huawei is... Oh, God. Hold on. In the chat, we have Huawei? Oh, God, no. Oh, jeez, man. Uh, announced that Huawei will release a separate foldable phone in 2019. What would a Huawei phone dedicated to mobile gaming look like? We only know one fact. It will include an optimized version of the company's GPU Turbo technology, which allegedly boosts device performance up to 60% while simultaneously lowering power consumption by 30%. That is impressive. Uh, the feature is being added to... To several Huawei phones, including the P20 Pro, this summer via a software update. So, what about spec?
specs, those are unknown, but by looking at the recently announced Asus Rogue Phone, uh, which boasts forthcoming hardware that shames the iPhone X, we can speculate what a specs uh, Huawei phone marketed to gamers should include to be competitive. I am very excited. Uh, so, Huawei? Huawei, sure. Uh, though still unreleased, uh, Chad's helping me out here. I appreciate it. Uh, though still unreleased, the Asus ROG phones published specs are drool-worthy: eight gigabytes of RAM, up to 512 gigs of internal storage, and an overclocked Snapdragon 845 processor. Uh, Huawei, I'm gonna go with Huawei. Huawei, there we go. Yes, Huawei should meet the RAM and storage numbers, but ship with something even faster than a current 970 currently in the P20 Pro. In addition to blazing speed and ample storage, crisp visuals are what core gamers crave most. In that regard, uh, this company should target at least a 90 hertz refresh rate and an HDR HDR AMOLED screen with a 3K or better resolution. Imagine being able to play. Oh my gosh. Asus designed an entire accessory ecosystem around the ROG phone, catering to gamers who want to use it in multiple configurations like traditional games. Uh, pad controls and even docked with PC for keyboard and mouse play. The ROG phone even has air triggers which act as touch sensitive bumpers on the side of the device and ships with an included cooling attachment. Uh, whether or not Huawei sure, uh, is designing a similar component or uh, accessories or embracing the RGB craze is anyone's guess, but if one studies the innovations Huawei has recently introduced across its phone and laptop lineups, there is reason to believe it'll do something unique in this space. Um, so we can go on, but essentially, uh, this is a big news because Huawei, sure, is a good competitor to Razer, and I feel like there is a new little niche of the of the phone market emerging where you do have hardcore gamers on the go. Uh, considering that Razer is getting into the game uh, with an impressive lineup, uh, considering that you have Asus with a new gaming phone, I feel like the you know introduction of stuff like Fortnite on the go, with Fortnite uh, being a big, giant, world-leading power in gaming, uh, with PUBG Mobile being a thing, and also with the, all these games that come out, uh, more and more people are playing on the go. Uh, Uawi. There we I'm going to go with that. Um, so... Whenever you have all these big companies coming out and and making these big announcements, you have Huawei coming out and introducing a new phone as well. And so to have more competition is going to breed innovation. I would not be shocked in the slightest uh, to have a 144 hertz refresh rate on a phone with a 4K you know, resolution in the next five years. I feel like that would be very impressive overall. And so we'll have to keep up to date with this, uh, as we will with all the other stories that I've talked about today. Uh, But it's good to see innovation in the mobile space. I feel like considering that there is utility as well as entertainment value uh, within a phone that can do gaming well, then more and more people are going to be upgrading to this kind of thing, especially for those that play mobile games and and League of Legends spinoffs and and Hearthstone or whatever you want to play. Uh, This is a fantastic way to do that, and there are many, many games that take full advantage of what the mobile platforms do have to offer. So, good on them, and uh, and keep up to date, but I'm glad to see more and more innovation coming from a company whose name I cannot pronounce. Moving on to a company I can't pronounce, Nintendo's new president gives some hope to those wanting a 3DS successor. Uh, ooh, Shuntaro Furukawa said the company is considering various possibilities. The Nintendo 3DS has seen some respectable success since its initial launch in 2011. The handheld has sold an estimated total of 73 million units as of March 2018, but what's shocking is the amount of software that's been sold to date sitting at an approximate total of 365 million units. With numbers like these, it's perhaps no surprise that Nintendo 
may be considering a possible successor to the 3DS. At Nintendo's 78th annual general meeting of shareholders, daily Japanese newspaper Kyoto Shimbun had a chance to chat with Nintendo's recently promoted president, Shuntaro Furukawa. During the meeting, Furukawa discussed a number of topics from the company's plans to make smartphone games a pillar of our income to how well the Nintendo Switch is selling. The company's 3DS came up, and when asked of a possible successor, Furukawa briskly said the company is considering various possibilities. That's exciting. This is no way confirming that Nintendo is prototyping a 3DS successor. However, it does suggest that Nintendo may be interested in what a successor to the 3DS could look like in the current market. Though the Switch is a console handheld hybrid, Nintendo thinks of the Switch as a home console first and foremost, unlike the entire rest of civilization. Nintendo of America President Reggie Fissime firmly said so in an interview with Wired, at its heart, Switch is a home console that you can take with you on the go. This seems to propose that both the 3DS and the Switch will continue to exist alongside alongside each other for the foreseeable future. See, Fisameo's over here saying this is a this is a home console. And listen, Reggie, listen, look me in the eye, man. The Switch, let's say it together, all, all together now, is a mobile console. That's just simply what it is. Whenever you can you, whenever you can charge something via a cable into the system itself, that's a mobile platform. I'm sorry, it is what it is. Uh, I love the fact that you can dock it to a television, but I would say that 90% of players don't dock their Switch. I almost guarantee it. Now, with that being said, I do believe that there is a market that the 3DS can thrive alongside of the Switch for the foreseeable future, and whatever the next DS could be could also thrive alongside the Switch, but you're still risking muddling the message. You're still risking getting in there and confusing people because you have uh, the Switch and you have the 3DS, and they're both handhelds because at the end of the day, you can still hold them away from any kind of television and play them and enjoy them. Uh, so I feel like it has to be done in a very brisk, a very a very well-done manner uh, to be able to effectively market both of these devices and prove to gamers why you need both a Switch and a 3DS or to prove why you should buy the Switch over the 3DS or the 3DS over the Switch or whatever the next one might be. Uh, you get what I'm saying here. You, you're picking up what I'm putting down. The company over there, company? Sure. The company over there at Nintendo has to do it in a very uh, eloquent way uh, to effectively market this. So we'll see what Furukawa says in the future, but... If they're considering various options, it does seem like you could be seeing a successor to uh, the 3DS at some point in the future. But, I mean, with sales like that, 365 million units uh, with with software and then 73 million units as of March of 2018, those are impressive numbers. Whether you like it or not, those are impressive numbers. So, uh, good on them. Uh, they did very well with the 3DS, a piece of technology that I did not have faith in. I did not have faith in that in that piece of technology at all, but... With that being said, it has done very well for itself, and congratulations to the guys over there for really taking the initiative and saying, hey, we might continue to pursue this. You know, it's a, it's a good little pursuit. Moving on to the next story of the day. No, Best Buy has not completely stopped selling CDs yet, anyway. Numerous news sites reported that as of this weekend, retailer Best Buy was calling it quits on CD sales, apparently all citing a report from Billboard in February, giving a July 1st, 2018 kill date at the chain. That's not the case, though it does appear to be true that Best Buy has made the fairly obvious business decision to begin phasing out CD sales in its U.S. stores. According to WSPA7 News, reports of the total termination of CD sales at Best Buy are premature, though the company says it is significantly reducing sales space uh, dedicated to CD sales and will only offer select CD 
CDs. Quote, earlier reports indicated that the big chain stores stopped selling CDs in their stores nationwide as of July 1st, but Best Buy officials said that's not the case and said they'll still be selling CDs, but on a smaller scale. The way people buy and listen to music has dramatically changed, and as a result, we are reducing the amount of space devoted to CDs in our stores. However, we will still offer select CDs, vinyl, and digital music options at all stores. In other words, people just aren't buying CDs anymore in an era where they can stream music or even just buy downloads of albums over the internet at a much more favorable price point. Digital music sales outpaced CD sales back in 2015, and in 2017, downloads themselves were overtaken by streaming sales. So needless to say, you have a lot going on here. Uh, But we could go on and read more. What I did want to point out here is that there was the rumor over the weekend uh, that CDs were going to be phased out at all Best Buy stores, and that's just simply not true. Uh, I feel like CDs still have a space in the culture right now because a lot of people don't have digital stuff in their cars. I mean, there are adapters and stuff that you can purchase, but at the end of the day, everybody still likes to be able to have a CD. I still have CDs in my car, and I'm, you know, a dude with a whole bunch of computers, and like, I just like CDs. So, I feel like over the next maybe five years, you're going to be seeing CDs phased out. But what's happening right now is a very interesting kind of dichotomy where the rise of vinyl, vinyl is coming back. And it's weird to see, but you'll have more vinyl in some Best Buys, I would guess, in 2022 or whatever, uh, as compared to CDs, because people love vinyl and people love records. So it's going to be more of a nostalgia factor, I think, in the next decade, uh, where you have more people buying CDs and more people buying vinyls because of the nostalgia or the compatibility of an older car or something along those lines. Uh, But I would say within five years, CDs are going to be a thing of the past. Right now, Spotify is my go-to for any kind of streaming or any kind of music at all. Uh, Obviously, you have Amazon Prime Music. You have Amazon. Um, I think it's Music Unlimited is what their service is. There are so many options out there for how you have title even. You can get title if you'd like and get, don't get title, but it's just one of those things where we're, we're seeing the end of a generation of digital media and it's sad, but it's what happens. You know, we had the, uh, the Walkman, we had the, we had the MP3 player, we had the, the tape, we had the cassette, whatever you want to call it. They have always evolved. They have always continued to grow and we'll have the next big thing, but it seems like the next big thing isn't going to be something tangible. It's going to be simply a streaming platform and that's just the way that it is. So uh, if you want to get your CDs, you should start buying them now and then, and then hoarding them up. Because I'm sure you'll listen to that Justin Timberlake album without a doubt. Moving on to the next story of the day, going back to some Nintendo news. Japan is getting some cool new 2DS XL designs. Now, I did want to say, I'm not going to read this, but we have an Animal Crossing one that has this embossed design on the front with a leaf and a couple of other Animal Crossing emblems and a nice little pattern triangle uh, kind of vibe going on. And then it's got a beautiful, like, teal, sea green kind of color. And I love the way that this looks. Man, is this a good looking, this is a good looking little piece of hardware. Uh, So that's the Animal Crossing one. Uh, of course, this is, again, it is the Japan-only versions, uh, but that's the Animal Crossing one. We have this Mario Kart one uh, that does look similar to ones that have released before, but it's got a nice red and black finish on it, and it comes with Mario Kart 7 pre-installed, uh, but I love the look of this one. Very interesting stuff here, but it has a nice textured back to it, like we've seen with the 2DS itself, uh, but overall, you know, pretty much your standard kind of hardware setup, but I love the look of the matte black on the uh, on the D-pad and stuff like that. It looks very, very good, uh, and then you have the Minecraft 2DS XL, which has an embossed Minecraft top. Uh, Now, this is not one that I would ever have because, I mean, I already have enough trouble with women to begin with, let alone with this in my hands. Uh, But 
That being said, really good looking stuff. I love the embossed textured tops. That's something that I really appreciate. Uh, however, I will say it might get hung on your pants if you're trying to slide the 2DS. But again, it's a 2DS XL, so how many people are putting it in their pocket? Um, however, the release dates for this, uh, we have a couple. So if you want the Animal Crossing one, it comes out on July the 19th. Also headed to Europe and Australia. If you want the Mario Kart one, it's coming out on July the 19th. Uh, and it seems to be just the uh, the J- Japanese one. But this was released last year in the West, according to the article on Kotaku and then on August the 2nd comes the Minecraft 2DS XL if you did want that Uh, so overall pretty good looking stuff I must admit uh, that when it comes to Nintendo and their hardware, I always say, Sam, uh, this is me talking to myself, Sam, you don't need another Nintendo console. You're not going to play it. You play PlayStation, you play Xbox, you play PC. You don't like playing Nintendo. Mario isn't your thing. You're not going to dive back into Odyssey. You're not going to be diving into the new Pokemon or the new Animal Crossing or whatever it might be. You're not going to do it. Lo and behold, they come out with cool looking stuff like this this uh, matte black you know, Mario Kart 7 looking thing. And I'm like, this looks fantastic. When it comes to hardware, Nintendo absolutely kills it on a design level. And that's just simply a fact. Now, this thing is going to sell like hotcakes. And this is why the 2DS and the 3DS have done so dang well. They market this thing and they make it look good. And congrats to them because they effectively market that. So if you did want either of these three, or any of these three rather, uh, you can check them out in the uh, the month of July and the beginning of August, rolling out over the next month or so. Uh, but good looking designs overall, pretty impressive stuff. I love, I love the way Nintendo designs things. It is amazing. Um, However, I did want to give an honorable mention uh, to a 2DS that was released earlier this week uh, in the form of the Helion uh, Shield Zelda A Link Between Worlds uh, version that came out at GameStop exclusively. Uh, But that dropped this week on July the 2nd. I won't be reading the entire article here. Uh, However, what you got here is a beautiful little piece of hardware. You've got an amazing uh, looking little little system here. So good on them uh, for having this. But man, is that cool. You know, I love the look of that. It's so good. The only thing is that whenever you open up the the 3ds and the 2ds that have these new designs on it i wish that it was flipped where people see what it is whenever it's opened up instead of closed because no one's going to be sitting there looking at your closed 2ds or 3ds however i digress really good looking piece of hardware here and i'm glad to see uh that nintendo is continuing to roll out all these brand new versions of an older piece of hardware because there's still a lot of life left in it and also a huge back catalog of games you know the, the 2ds and the 3ds have a huge back catalog and so good on them for being able to maintain that and bring new hardware to the table. Uh, but delayed Fortnite Playground practice mode is finally online. Practice building and shooting with up to three of your buddies. If you've been excited about Fortnite's new four-player practice mode, you are in luck. It looks as if Epic has brought Playground's mode online Monday evening after a short delay, short to some people's description, delay due to technical issues. Uh, on the official Twitter, they say, Success! All players can now join in on the fun in the Playground LTM. Drop in and let your imagination run wild. Epic Games also took to Reddit to explain a little more, promising to release an in-depth, detailed postmortem to let its players know about the obstacles it encountered when initially enabling the limited-time mode. The post reminds players to change the region back to auto-select and to keep trying to join if Q... Uh, it, it, you know, they just keep trying to get in. Playground is basically an instance of the Fortnite map that will host up to four players at a time. You'll get an hour to practice off your building and tactics, before the deadly storm starts shrinking during the final five minutes of the match. You'll be able to shoot your enemies and teammates in this mode, too, for a little friendly competition, and you'll get unlimited respawns when you are shot. Resources are also more plentiful, and you'll be able to gather uh, them at ten times the normal rate. There are a ton of llamas, chests, and ammo boxes scattered about as well to keep you well-stocked as you play. So essentially, whenever you're talking about the playground mode, it's quite frankly a a playground mode where you can jump in, build some stuff, see if you can have some fun with it. Uh, But it has had a bit of a delay, so now you're back on 
online. I would say that maybe the issue they ran into, and this is a guy that has no idea about the development side of things, I would say that it might be that there are so many instances of uh, dedicated servers that have four people in it that there are too many people trying to get in and it might be crashing the servers or something along those lines. Uh, However... You know, I'm sure that we'll learn more as they release more information, but glad to see that they finally got that up and running because, man, that has been a hotly anticipated uh, part of the game for a long time now. So good on them. And if you want to jump in again right now, you can you can get on your PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC or handheld mobile device. Man, Fortnite blowing my mind. However, I did want to. Go ahead and tell you guys, if you don't want to play Fortnite, if you don't want to play any of these other Nintendo handhelds that we've been discussing heavily this morning, you, that's right, you, if you have Twitch Prime, you can get some freebies throughout the entire month of July. Starting now, we're bringing Twitch Prime members a free game every day until July 18th, beginning with Pillars of Eternity Definitive Edition. Check out this trailer below featuring Deadmau5 and learn more. Or, we could just read this in a huge article. Do you like games? Of course you do. Or, you wouldn't be reading this. What about free games? Well, to celebrate Amazon Prime Day, we're giving away a new game to Twitch Prime members every day from July 2nd through July the 17th. All you've got to do is be a Twitch Prime member and you get your hands on some amazing games with enough gameplay to keep you entertained to a trip to the moon and back twice. Not only that, they're yours to keep forever. Make sure to check back every day as the selection will be constantly changing. Uh, So here's a little breakdown of what you've got. Uh, From July the 3rd all the way until August the 2nd, you get Metal Slug 3, The Last Blade, and Twinkle Star Sprites if you did want to jump into that. However, from the 2nd to the 7th, you get Pillars of Eternity Definitive Edition. You get Cube 2. You get Battle Chef Brigade. You get Manual Samuel. You get Goner, and you get Next Up Hero. That is a big lineup. From the 8th to the 14th, you get Yurnog. You get Hugh. You get Deponia... What is that? Deponia something... Uh, Observer, Tacoma, The Bridge, and Brutal Legend. A pretty good lineup of games. And then from the 15th to the 17th, you get the Red Strings Club, Tyranny, and Broken Age, if you did want to dive into those. Uh, And you can claim them all through this link, which is going to be linked down below via the link that I have down below. Boom. There you go. Uh, So overall, you've got a pretty good lineup of games. And, uh, I mean, they're free games. You know, they're not going to be the best, but you have a pretty good lineup here. You've got Brutal Legend, uh, which is a fantastic game. You've got Hugh, which I've heard good things about. Broken Age, a pretty big game. Uh, Obviously, Pillars of Eternity, Definitive Edition, a big one. Cube is kind of like Portal. Uh, Goner, I know, is a big game on the Switch, if you did want to check that out. But overall, a good lineup here, Tacoma. Uh, So for free, who can complain, man? It's it's free. Uh, But also, the games that are the core three that you can get for free from the 3rd until August the 2nd, Metal Slug 3 is a beast of a game. Uh, The Last Blade also looks pretty good, and Twinkle Star Sprite's not too shabby either. Uh, So if you want to get some free games and you are on Twitch with Twitch Prime, then dive in, get those freebies, and come back. Let me know what you think about them. But as for right now, that wraps it up for today's episode of Cabinet. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show. If you did and you're watching live on YouTube, I appreciate you being here. If you're watching later on YouTube, thank you so much for checking out the show. I appreciate you being here. But if you happen to be on a podcast service, uh, number one, thank you for listening all the way through. I'm glad you made it to the end. But if you did want to leave me a rating on iTunes, on any of these other services that my podcast is on, I would appreciate it very much. And if you're on Anchor.fm, be sure to favorite the podcast so that you get notified when a new episode drops every weekday morning at 7 a.m. or thereabouts. And also, give me some applause if you really, truly did enjoy the show. But as for right now, I appreciate you guys being here. I will talk to you soon, and enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.